Ladies and gentlemen, cinephiles and cinefreaks, podcast listeners from around the world, welcome to a one-night-only tournament of champions. It's the first annual Cinema Smackdown Finale Showdown. Tonight, we witness the most epic battle royale in the history of Cinema Smackdown. Eight films, three rounds, and one ultimate winner for the heavyweight championship of the world! Recording live from the entertainment capital of the world, Hollywood, California, it is the multi-movie podcasting event of a lifetime. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! everyone to put their shirts back on and your pants are we going to be talking like this the entire time if you want me to i can't i can't abort. i will do it for <laughs> likes abort abort all right back to our normal voices hey, wow, wow. we're here guys we did it this is it this is the finale showdown this is the moment we've all been waiting for Yes, sir. <laughs> so, if you've been listening, you know, and even if you're not listening already, I'm about to tell you. Welcome! This is how the bracket will work today. We've got eight films, which means four first-round matchups. Ooh. Four of those will win and go on to the second round. <gasps> there will be a winner of each of those matchups for the final matchup for the championship belt of the world! I can't wait for this SmackDown. And we have ranked these movies according to Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. We kept it very objective. We're going to be ranking these based on three different categories in the first round. We have performances, rewatchability, and filmmaking. We're going to have these eight movies be ranked one through five based on how we feel about these things. Amazing. And then we move on to the second round. Now, we have these four movies each coincidentally, in categories that fit perfectly. Yeah, that just kind of worked out. So, like I said, we ranked them according to INDB and Rotten Tomatoes so that the first seed would face the eighth seed, second and seventh, and so on. And they just kind of got clustered into their own little categories. You want to know the mashups that we've got? Round one is Fun History, a.k.a. Fistery. Oh, man. That's Unforgiven versus Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Okay. In the second round, we have 90s action. That's The Matrix versus Con Air. Third round is Buddy Comedies. That is Blazing Saddles versus Men in Black. Then we've got Teenage Murder. A Nightmare on Elm Street versus Heathers. Ooh, very Ooh. spooky. And those are all of our first round matchups. Yeah, they made it to this finale. It's oh, going to get cinnamony. It's going to get smackdowny. It's going to get <laughs> wild. So hold on to your taints, folks, because oh. we got a hell of a matchup for you. Cup them. Yeah. <laughs> Cup those taints. Cup those taints, ladies Woo. and gentlemen. Right, does everyone understand what we're doing? Is I everyone get clear? It. If I you think... don't, just hit rewind and listen to what Greg said. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> I am ready to start the battles. Yeah. Let's get Woo. into it. Let's start 
with the first matchup. The dirtiest one. The first seed versus the eighth seed, Unforgiven versus Abraham Lincoln Vampire. Round one, Fistory. So, let's talk about uh, the first category, performances. Okay. Uh, Well, if we're talking about Unforgiven, I think, you know, great performances all around. Morgan Freeman, you got Gene Hackman, you have... Clint. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, I never, like I said in the episode, never had watched a Western, but I was so enthralled because it was such a play. It was a play. Yeah. Yeah. Three act play. This was your first time watching a Western and you've now watched like four or five. Right. So out of performances for Unforgiven, I'm going to give it a five. On a scale of one to five, you're giving it a five. I will also give it a five. I am going to round out this consensus so that we officially give it a five across the board performances. Wow, a stellar perfect, acting, perfect acting. Wow, stellar acting for Unforgiven. Now, let's talk about rewatchability. It was a great movie, and I I don't know how many times I would rewatch it again. You know, we were talking earlier about the movies that we we watch consistently over and yeah. over and over. Mm-hmm. And for me, this isn't a movie that I'd throw on all the time, but I would like to introduce other people to it, and I would watch it again to show to them show the movie. Them. Yes. So okay. I'm going to give it a four. A four. Okay. Um, I This, to me, feels very heavy movie. It's very intense. Uh, I, it felt very Schindler's List. I, I'd watch yeah. Schindler's List every, like, ten years. So I'm going to yeah. say rewatchability, two. All right, so we got a two and a four. Um, yeah, I think I mostly agree with what we're saying. It is a movie that stays with you. You know, I was thinking about it for a long time and there's certain movies that do that where you don't really need to revisit it. It's just the themes are playing out in your head. And like you said, it just isn't like, Hey, let's spend a Saturday afternoon, put on this movie. (laughs) Um, but I am going to split the difference to both you guys and say three. Oh shit. So overall it's a three. Oh, okay. Two, four, and three all averaged together to To be three. Wow, that's math, ladies and gentlemen. Across the board, three for rewatchability. All right. Now we're going to move on to filmmaking. Yeah. That that includes, you know, cinematography, uh, directing. Everything but the acting, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, this this was a beautiful film to look at. It, you know, had those sweeping shots of the, the vistas at sunset, but it also had, like, very gritty realistic shots inside the saloon mm-hmm. um i thought filmmaking wise directing wise and and cinematography i give it a like a four right that's right. what i was gonna give it i'm gonna give it a four um the sweeping shots the shots with the brooms <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um the the shots of the horizon i don't know that was very yeah. western and beautiful um that was my favorite shot i'm gonna give it a four hell yeah well, yeah. I mean, this movie is wonderfully made, beautifully shot. Um, when we're talking about the score, the directing, everything for me came together so perfectly. That's why I chose it over Tombstone. Ugh. I'm actually going to give it a five for filmmaking. Wow. So two fours and a five averages out to be 4.33. All right. We're going to average those together. 4.33 for filmmaking. Our first fraction. Isn't this exciting? Oh, God. Oh, we're getting God. into fractions. <laughs> we just got into fractions. <laughs> Let's talk about Abraham two. Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. A fraction of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so for performances in Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, I, okay. This movie is fun in a way that is, uh, um, different. <laughs> and the performances, in my opinion, aren't as good as Unforgiven. And um, 
I'm going to give the performances a three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole theme of the movie is a little over the top, so it makes sense that the performances were a little bit over the top. I love Dominic Cooper as his, like, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he's a great actor in everything that he does. But the main guy who plays Abraham Lincoln yeah. is forgettable and terrible. So, like, combined there, I'm going to give this a two. So that was a two and a what? what a three. A three. Two and a three. Yeah, I agree. Main Abraham Lincoln guy, stiff as hell. There were some good supporting performances. Yeah. Alan Tudyk showed yeah, up. That's you right. know, there were some heavy hitters actually that showed up randomly in this movie. But lead lead guy not so great. Some of the bad guys not so great. Uh, I'm gonna give it a two. When so, your titular character is is pretty terrible, that's pro- that's a problem. So we had a two, a two, and a three. Correct. Which gives us another fraction of two point three three. Oh my god, I don't like these. It's either point three three or point six seven. Right. <laughs> so rewatchability. Yeah. Would we watch this movie again? Personally, this was the fourth time that I've seen this movie. Jesus. I don't know why. Honestly, the more that you watch this movie, the less appealing it is, Mm -hmm. as opposed to other movies that I enjoy. The more you watch them, the more you fall in love with them. So for that reason, rewatchability, I'm going to give it a three down the middle because I really pushed for this movie to be on the list. And after watching it, I was like, I am, I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a reason why it moved further than Pride and Prejudice and Zombies because Pride and Prejudice, not that great and not rewatchable. Yeah, I mean, this movie is fun. This movie's fun. It has a great horse CGI fight that I've <laughs> never seen on film ever. I'm going to also give it a three. Yeah, I think right down the middle feels right. You know, it is, it's kind of rewatchable if you want to have a fun, you know, if you want to get high afternoon, and fucking yeah. watch this, perfect. <laughs> but it probably loses its merits after a while. So, yeah, three. Three. Yeah. So three across the board for rewatchability. And as far as filmmaking goes, Oof. you know. You spit a little there. I did. I drooled. Uh, <laughs> I, I drooled. You're drooling over the filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or am I just going to vomit? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I think it was very, uh, like we've already said, it's fun. But I've seen CGI hold up over years and years. This movie was made in 2012. Yeah. The CGI doesn't hold up. Um, filmmaking, I'm going to give this movie a two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on a two. I, I can't give it a one because, you know, yeah. I feel bad giving anything a one. It's not The Room. It's it, not like the worst made movie yeah. ever, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it, the CGI is insanely bad. Yeah. So as far as filmmaking goes, it has to be a two. We're in agreement. Two across the board because, like we said, not the worst ever, but pretty close to bad. <laughs> so that actually equals out Unforgiven. 12.33. Oh, boy. And Abraham Lincoln, 7. Not even close. Unforgiven. We'll move on to the second round. Unforgiven. Let's move on to the second round of the first round. The second matchup second of the matchup. first round. That's the right way yeah, of saying there it. there we go. There uh, we so go. we have the category 90s action. Yes. We're going to talk about movies The Matrix and Con Air. Hell yeah. Performances in The Matrix are great. The movie is good. I think people complain about Keanu Reeves, but like we talked about before, that character needed that sort of blank slate persona. There are a few performances in the movie that aren't as good, but still great. I am going to give the performances in The Matrix a four. Okay. Um, You know, the one thing that I think that The Matrix is not good at is the performances. There are two people in The, in the Matrix that I think 
do a really good job, and that's Agent Smith, Hugo Weaving, and Morpheus. Yes. Lawrence Fishburne. Those yeah. two are phenomenal, but I, I really feel like Keanu Reeves is just kind of glossy-eyed throughout the entire movie, which I guess is part of it, but it just took me out of it a little bit. So I'm going to give it a three. A three and a four. Well, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit about Keanu. I think his emotions are subtle. Um, I will agree that some, there's some background performers, you know, some of the people on the ship, some of the other agents that aren't yeah. Agent Smith that aren't so great that take me out of it. But there's other smaller roles like the Oracle that is fantastic. That You're isn't right. I forgot our leads. So I'm going to agree with Michael and say four. So two fours and a three puts us at 3.67 oh, on performances. Christ. All right, so let's move on to rewatchability of The Matrix. I think we can all agree this is I, – I mean, I've seen The Matrix probably a hundred times. Yeah. Wow. Not that I much. haven't seen it a hundred times, kidding. but I watched it before we did this podcast, like a couple months before, and I wasn't bored watching it so soon after, yeah. and it holds up. It so holds up. Yeah, this movie came out in 99. Yeah. yeah. It's still like the visual representation of the film and – it's, and the themes and just everything. I'm going to give it a five performances. I, I completely sorry. agree. I think it's five across the board. Five Greg. rewatchability. Yeah, I mean, I when I think of how many times I've rewatched it, like you, Tyler, I just see code going down in my yeah. brain. But even though I just watched it like probably less than a year ago, I was glued to the screen and I can't wait to watch it again. So I, it's a five. I will say on this watch... It made me watch the other two, which are terrible. Oh, yeah. So good for that movie. Not the show, the other two. The other two <laughs> movies of The Matrix. <laughs> let's, let's be, the Matrix let's be made me watch the other two. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, we're going to move on to filmmaking. And I think that, you know, for me personally, this has hit action. It, it, it took action movies to another level. Mm -hmm. So as far as, like, stunts and CGI and just the overall cool, like, cinematography of having green and blue. Yeah represent different places i think it gets also a five yeah it was incredible the the movie's been spoofed in other movies it was definitely a cornerstone of action i'm yeah. giving it a five it changed the game you can't deny it it has to be five it's one of the most important films ever made <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about con air let's talk about con air performances hey, what's going yeah, we have Nick Cage in the. We hey. get to talk Studio. about Nick Cage. Guys, I'm really happy to be here. There's a lot of performances in Con Air, so a lot to sift through. Yeah. Right, varying performances. You got Cyrus the Virus. Yeah, with John Malkovich. And... Yeah. So we got to boil it all down to one score. What are we thinking? It's a you know the performances in this are great. It's just a different kind of movie than The Matrix. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a little bit silly. The Nick Cage, I think, is the most subdued I've seen him in pretty much every movie. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a four for performance. Okay. 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 I am going to give this movie a three because I, Nick Cage for me in this movie is terrible. <laughs> like, he's not good. <laughs> yeah. He's not and good. he is the main Put character. The bunny back <laughs> in the box. It, he, he has the worst Southern accent I've ever heard. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fact. It's a it's fact an IMDb listed fact. on IMDb. <laughs> I love it. And I feel like because he's the main character, the other performances are very good. And because he's the main character and his performance is less good 
yeah. than the others. I'm yeah. going to give this movie a three. Okay. Okay, yeah. I mean, I agree. He's terrible. But then there's also Malkovich, who's great. So who's good. Shemi is great. They don't La- really belong in this film. Yeah, it, it just it, it it's hard to score this because there's so many different performances. And even people who don't stand out but are still serviceable, like John Cusack, yeah. still add to the movie. So I'm going to agree that it's right down the middle with a three. So two threes and a four puts us at 3.3333 repeating. I guess I just uh, really loved his southern accent. But not enough to give him a five. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> never. Okay, rewatchability. Okay, Tom I Air. had never seen this movie first time, and I am not jumping to watch it again. I do think it was fun. It was exciting. Um, and obviously, I liked it better than Face Off. Yeah. Um, however, I... Just don't know. I don't know. It is fun though. I don't know what. I think I'm gonna give it a three because right it's down the like middle. right down, down the middle. middle. Yeah. I don't. I'm not really crazy about it, but I didn't hate it, so I'm gonna give it a three. I would rewatch this movie again. I think it's fun. I think all the performances are goofy and silly, and it's it's a good time. You feel good watching it. Yeah. Um. So I I'm gonna give it a, a four just because I I real I I'll rewatch it again. Yeah, I find this movie very rewatchable, and I do rewatch it a lot when I want a good laugh and yeah. just, you know, like a stoned Saturday. Uh, but it's not, it doesn't have the impact of like a Matrix or, no, you know. So I can't quite say five, so I'm going to agree with four. So we've got two okay. fours and a three, which puts it at 3.67. Holding its own now, so far. Yeah, yeah, I mean, let's talk about filmmaking. Of Con Air. Oh boy! Now, if we if we talk about just stunts in Con Air, it is insane. They were gonna demolish that Sands Casino, and they threw a, a friggin' uh, airplane into it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. That's crazy. So, um, I'm gonna give it just for stunts, but then but then you look at the you got to factor it all, and, uh, and it's all filmmaking. A three, a three. Okay. Yeah, I'm mm. gonna give it a three as well. The end scene is the most exciting, yeah. that, and it's so cool. The plane going into the the hotel, and then the whole chase down in the fire truck, yeah. and I mean that's really fun. But the beginning montage is so dumb, showing his progress in yeah. prison. I mean, it, there's other ways they could have done that, and they it was just so on the nose, like passing him origami books and learning, like he's a good guy. He's in prison. I'm giving it a three. Okay. Absolutely, I agree across the board. Three. So. So the Matrix has a 13.67, and Con Air just lost with a 10. With a 10. Still ah. better than Abe Lincoln, though. So hey, we it got a 10. Good job, Okay, Connor. so that means the Matrix moves on to the second round, and we're on to the third matchup of the first round. Ooh, what's the, what's the category in this one? Buddy comedy. Buddy comedy. All right, let's talk about Blazing Saddles. Ooh. Hilarious. <laughs> yep. Performances <laughs> in this movie were great. I honestly loved Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles has that incredible comedy. And Gene Wilder, Clavon Little, you know, everyone's like, Richard Pryor was supposed to be that role. Yeah. But I th- he pulls it off, man. He's hilarious in this movie. Yeah. Oh, I love Clavon Little. I think he's the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give performances a four. Okay. Yeah. Only because I think Gene Wilder is better in Young Frankenstein sure, as an actor. Sure, sure. So I'm thinking about what I want to give as a score for performances, and I realize I'm realizing I'm being easier on this movie than I am on The Matrix because The Matrix is such like a serious movie. Yeah, and this is yeah. a silly movie. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's unfair. So I'm gonna reel it in, and I'm also going to give it a four because yeah. I, in my mind, wanted to give it a five. Yeah. But I don't think that the acting is really like 
groundbreaking, but the performances are amazing. And the even the background actors and all of like the fight scenes, so good. And everyone's like just so OTT. I'm gonna give it a four though. They, yeah, they, they pull off the comedy really well. It's very well performed, but it's not the type of material that you know actors are obsessing over and doing their it's research. Oscar. Yeah, like movie. you could tell people kind of learned their lines, learned the bit, learned the joke, and then just filmed it. So for that. It's a four. I mean, it's great, but it just isn't, you know, Oscar-worthy performances. Okay. So, yeah, is that a four across the board? Yeah, four across the board. Let's talk about rewatchability of Blazing Saddles. Right. Again, another movie I'd never seen. I am excited to watch it again, though, because it's one of those movies I know that the more you watch it, the more jokes you'll find and the things you'll fall deeper into. Um, Even though there's some uncomfortable racial slurs at the beginning, the movie came out over that and made fun of, you know, all of that bullshit. Yeah. So satirizing those terrible people. Right. right. Thank you for putting that into (laughs) smart people words. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give this movie rewatchability a five because I want to watch it again. I actually like want to watch it right now. I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, as far as rewatchability, as far as this, there's a joke a minute in this movie. Oh, yeah. You're going to miss it on that first there's watch. There's a joke a second. A second, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it requires rewatchability. Mm-hmm. So I'm also going to give it a five. Yeah, I honestly want to go home and rewatch this in the Matrix double feature right now. Woo. It's so good. I've seen it a million times, but I want to see it a million times more because, like you said, I, I uncovered so many jokes yeah. in this viewing. And, and you've I'll seen it so more. many times and you still uncovered jokes. Right, right. And I was Googling jokes I didn't get because yeah. it's just so much to, to get there. So yeah, five across the board. We're in agreeance. Let's talk about filmmaking because this is uh, considered one of Mel Brooks's like best movies. Uh, Young Frankenstein is considered his most polished movie. Yes. Blazing Saddles is kind of all over the place. So right, how do right. we feel about, about that? It's harder to judge. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, I've I've been going last, but I'm going to start this one. Do it. Uh, filmmaking, yeah, it isn't as polished as Young Frankenstein, and it isn't like as expertly crafted, but it is very well crafted. It yeah. just isn't, like you said, as polished. So I want to give it a five, but it's just not quite there, so I'm going to give it a four. I am just thinking about the end of that movie and how much I still think about it. It was so well done and original and good. And I think that for that reason and the fact that the filmmaking was so good that it made me want to watch it, I'm going to give it a five. Okay. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, um, you know, because of the ending, because they, they went so ballsy with that. I'm also going to give it a five. Okay, it's just, wow. It's insane that they I pulled that off. I feel bad for giving it a four. So a uh, four and two fives puts it at 4.67. Okay. Right. Now, Here come the men in black. Men in black. Galaxy. Performances. Okay, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> just cut them off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just get out. Play, play got, the cutoff music. Yeah. <laughs> I got into it. Play I'm them sorry. off. Play them off. Performances <laughs> of men in black. Great. Listen, okay. I honestly think this movie, it's just a box office blockbuster oh it's great um so fun oh gosh. And nostalgia. i don't know why mm-hmm. i'm going first because i don't know i want to give it i'm gonna give this movie uh oh god I, uh, I'm gonna, do you want someone else to go first? yeah no i'm gonna <laughs> commit i'm gonna <laughs> give it a four it. but mostly okay just because i think like i don't know there's just something a little n- missing for me across the board but i'm gonna mm-hmm. go for it i you know i'm gonna disagree a little i'm gonna disagree <laughs> a lot of um, it. <laughs> a lot of it. Um, I think Tommy Lee Jones and 
and Will Smith. This is some of their best work that I've ever seen, and they're perfect together. Donnie Shalhoub is great. You know, Frank the Pug is great. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone, as far as performances go, in a comedy movie, we're just talking about a comedy here, is great. So I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, I think even the the small background players that only have like one line here, one line there, stand out as being fantastic. David you know? Cross, has David three Cross lines. shows up. Yeah, and he he makes an impression. Yeah. It's great. Tony Shalhoub's barely in it, but he's iconic in that movie. They're all and we great. can't forget Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Oh, he's amazing. He should have gotten an Oscar for that. And you know, like you said, right. Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> and and Will Smith have done dramatic roles, but I think they're just as good in, in this comedy. So yeah. I'm going to give it a five as well. Two fives and a four puts it at 4.67. All right, let's talk about rewatchability. Men in Black was one of those movies that we grew up with. Yeah. We've watched it a million times. We've seen it. We know I am going to redeem myself for the four <laughs> I gave it last time because I'm still upset about Galaxy Quest losing. <laughs> Which, let's be clear, let's be it, it would make it pretty far down this bracket right. if it did advance. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to give rewatchability at five of Men in Black. Even though I'm not a super sci-fi person, it makes it comedy meets sci-fi which i think is what you know abraham lincoln is missing as yeah. far as that goes right, so right. i'm gonna give it a five yeah i um you know i grew up with this movie it i watched it this time i enjoyed it this time i'm also giving it a five yeah i hadn't watched it in at least a decade and i'm wondering why that is i can't wait to watch it again so five across the board for Men in Black. You go, Glenn Coco. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about filmmaking. Men in Black uh, as a film uh, is is great. It's the same director as The Addams Family. Mm-hmm. Love that um, movie. You know, I'm going to give this movie a four only because I think some of the CGI effects don't hold up for me personally. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. I... You know, I think that this movie is greatly filmed. I, you know, it has such like its its own like look that I don't you don't see in other movies. Like down to even like the font that you see in the beginning, mm-hmm. and it hits the the dramatic moments really well with the comedic moments. So I'm gonna give it a five. Why don't you just yeah. suck its dick already? I fucking um, love it. <laughs> I mean, I think that it is a fantastic movie across the board. It's so well made. Um. I won't say that the filmmaking is really groundbreaking in any way. Like, it's very, like, it's a great movie that is by the book, you know? like It, it has is... some of the best, like, creature effects ever made. But on... I, I agree with that, but to Michael's point at the end, it does get a little CGI with the cockroach. I just, I can't quite put it at a five the way I would The Matrix for its, like, groundbreaking filmmaking techniques, you know? Yeah. And there's really none of that, so... I'm going to give it a four as well. So two fours and a five puts it at uh, 4.33. Holy shit, guys. This is a close one. we got to add this up. This is the closest one. So Blazing Saddles is a 13.67. And then we got Men in Black at 14. Men in Black's at 14. It just barely beat it. Barely beat it. Wow. So Men in Black just barely squeezes by Blazing Michael Saddles. Michael is so mad right now. You know what? This was a tough one. <laughs> In our first round, this might be the toughest one. Blazing Saddles is so good. I, I know. It's the same thing that happened in Galaxy Quest. Men in Black Shit. keeps going up against these fantastic movies. Let's have a moment barely of- Barely beats them. Barely. And barely squeaks by. Let's have a moment time. of fart for Blazing Saddles. <gasps> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, and finally, we have Teenage Murder. We've got A Nightmare on Elm Street versus Heathers. Let's talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street performances. Okay. Oh, boy. The performances in this movie are not great. The lead actress made me want to rip my ears off (laughs) and punch my face through a wall. Some of the worst acting I can't believe that she beat out Courtney Cox for this role, right? And a couple of other really well-known actresses that I feel like would have done so much better. Maybe they wanted someone who looked like they were ugly. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give this movie a two in performances. A two? Okay, she's, yeah. she's respected in the horror community. I don't know why. She's terrible at acting. Everyone in this movie is terrible and at the acting. mom. The mom's oh god awful. She's shaking so my damn head. But Robert England is yes. fantastic as yes. Freddy. Yes. So I, for that, I'm going to give it a three. Three, just because of his performance. I think that he is great, and he's the reason that Freddy Krueger has remained yeah. an icon for all this time. But I agree that everyone else is terrible, even Johnny Depp. Even Johnny. Beloved sometimes Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> Beloved <laughs> remember sometimes. <laughs> not great in this movie. So even though Freddy Krueger balances scales a little bit, I still have to give it a two overall. So two twos and a three puts it at 2.33. Oh, so sad. Sorry, Freddie. You're great, but all the people you're killing, not so good. Rewatchability. Would yeah. we watch this movie again? Yes. Come on. For it's sure. It's fun. It's yeah. bad acting, but it's, you know, it's a horror film, so you don't expect much from that. Sorry. No. Tyler. <laughs> I can feel your it's eyes slasher. piercing it's an 80s through. Slasher. No, yeah, it's yeah. it's an 80 slasher. It has an iconic villain. That's all you really need in these kind of movies, Jason, Freddy, all of them. But I rewatched this so many times. Every Halloween, it's on the list. I have to watch mm-hmm. it. I know a lot of people listening also would rewatch this all the time. So I'm going to give it a five. Wow. A five. On rewatchability. Okay. I'm going to give it a four because I don't want to watch it every year, but I do yeah. want to watch it during scary, spooky season. So, yeah, four. Yeah, I think if I was a big horror buff, I yeah. would give it a five, and I find it very rewatchable, but just for me, not quite on the levels of some of these other movies we've talked about. So four. I'm, I'm going to go four on yeah. rewatchability. So two fours and a five puts us at 4.33. All right, so the filmmaking of A Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, was kind of good for its time, right? Yeah. Like, good for... The kind of like special effects. Yeah. Honestly, like um, what stands out in my mind is is Freddie walking down the street in those stupid arms coming out, <laughs> yeah. and oh, it yeah. looks so dumb it and looks bad. Sad. And like, there's a lot of not good about it, but like the blood is good, like the blood when, circle in the bed that yeah. eats and, Johnny, and the, like him coming through the wall. That was in the cool. Yeah, that was a, a good cool idea. Shot. Yeah. Um, his makeup's really good. This is tough because there are some things yeah. about it that are very shoddy. The actual direction of the movie is good. If we, if we leave out performances of this movie, yeah, we're just, just like talking not about filmmaking. About that. Yeah, I think the direction's good. Yes, the story is a little eh at the end with like the mom thing, and then like she gets sucked through. They the couldn't door decide on an end. We got to give this ending. a score. What are we saying? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a a three. Work. I'm going to give it a four. Oh, wow. I feel bad now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, I was kind of on the cusp, but because you feel bad, I am going to edge. Like, I was kind of 3.5, but I'm going to edge it up to four because it is, you know, for your sake, uh, I'm going to edge up yours a little bit. (laughs) Can I go back? Yeah, because it is. It's great, but shitty at parts, but mostly great. So, yeah, two uh, fours 
and a three is three point six six. Three point six. I'm learning. Yeah, look at that. Look at. I'm that. not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Heather's guys. What do we think about this one? Performances. Okay, so yeah, I like the performances in Heather's. I think Winona is fantastic. I think Christian Slater is fantastic. I think all the Heathers are fantastic. There might be a few little moments from different students here and there that aren't perfect. So, yeah, I can't give it a perfect score, but I will say four. All right, so performances in Heathers. Yeah, uh, Winona Ryder is one of my favorites. I love her, and I think she's really good in this movie. I think Christian Slater is a little... uh, Oh, yeah? But... I didn't like his character, but I thought he was good in it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, maybe I'm just, okay, for performances in Heathers, I'm going to give it a four. A four as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, As far as the performance, I think Winona Ryder's great. I can't stand Shannon Doherty in the movie. Oh, really? I think that she's really annoying and terrible at acting. Hmm. No offense, Shannon. Not just the character being annoying, just, but you think no, just she's her just acting bad. is bad. Okay, and, and yeah. Christian Slater trying to do like a Jack Nicholson impression the whole movie. It's yeah, it's a little much. Um, Winona Ryder again though is great. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a three. Okay, so two fours and a three, correct? Yes. Yes. That puts us at three point six seven. All right, rewatchability of Heather's. This is another movie that I think is funny, but you don't get it at in the first watch and I'd only seen it this one time I would watch it again it's very reminiscent of Mean Girls for me but a lot heavier yeah so I'm gonna give it a four because I want to watch it again but it's not it wasn't my favorite yeah I you know I'll re-watch it in a few years probably I had never seen the movie I enjoyed it on this watch uh, I love the satire of it but I don't know like if I'm gonna like next year be like oh I really want to see Heather's again yeah um, it's just not that kind of movie for me so I think I'm going to give it like a three. Okay, yeah. I um, I found it very intriguing. Like, it's not something that I would just put on in the background yeah. as a rewatchable, but I do want to, like, take it in again and, and understand all of its context and everything it's trying to say. And there's probably a few jokes here and there. Um, I'm going to give it a four. I'm okay. going to give it a four. So what did we score? Two fours and a three. Two fours and a three. That puts it at 3.67. Man, I guess I'm being really harsh on Heather's. Jesus. Well, it's going up against your boy, Freddie. No, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> nothing to do with it. All right, filmmaking. Um, I thought that this was really well like put together. I thought the direction of the movie was was really good. Cinematography, perfect with the pastels of the, the costumes. Mm-hmm. and It really like had its own identity as a yeah, film. Yeah. It feels like it has this whole smoky overtone to yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Like it's kind of a memory, a dream mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think it's really cool, the opening with the her head in the ground. Yes. It's like a little weird and goofy. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I am also going to give it a four. Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, it's very well made. Uh, not a perfect film, but pretty dang close. So yeah, four across the board for filmmaking. Okay, we got to add these up. This looks like it might be a little close as well. So um, A Nightmare on Elm Street is at 10.33. Okay. Heathers narrowly beats it out <gasps> by one point. By one point. 11.33. Wow, another close one. I know. Heather's uh, advances. We now have our second round. We have Unforgiven versus MIB and The Matrix versus Heather's. Ooh. Oh, boy. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, boy. So let's just get right into it. Let's talk about Unforgiven and Men in Black. This is round two. 
So with this round, we're actually going to add a category because we've already gone through the three, mm-hmm. um, which was rewatchability, filmmaking, and performance. We're going to add cultural impact to this category. So we're going to take the scores from round one and we're going to add Culture. up to five points. Up to possibly. five points, yeah. Yeah, let's just dish. What are we thinking? I mean, Unforgiven and Men in Black, two very different movies. Incredibly how do you, different How do you movies. compare these two movies? I, they both have guns, uh, I guess. Sure. <laughs> um, did you say baguettes? Baguettes. Oh, you said I guess. I'm I said hungry. I guess. I guess I'm yeah. hungry. <laughs> you perked up. You're like, did, did you say, say baguettes? baguettes? <laughs> did you say baguettes? Okay, yeah. I I liked Unforgiven so much, and it's so out of my regular wheelhouse. Like, so not something that you would look, be like, Michael, You, I know you love this Western, but I love this Western. Yeah. Um, and Men in Black is so... This is really hard. It's so, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is why we have our metrics, and we do have a score... Um, yeah, so, so far, un- so Unforgiven right now is sitting at a twelve point three three, mm-hmm. and Men in Black is sitting at a solid fourteen. Okay, all um, right. And if we're doing this based on cultural impact, no one knows what Unforgiven is, as far as like my friend, the group Academy. Goes. I've knows. told That's people right, right. about this movie, and a few have known about it. But then again, my stepdad knows about it. Hello, yeah, <laughs> he told me last night. Ooh, um, just Darren, kidding, just kidding. You're in trouble. <laughs> um, wow, he's gonna listen to this and be I like, I don't know this. I love it. I love it. Uh, so, the cultural impact of this movie, though, it did change the way westerns right were filmed. Yeah. So culturally, in the western world. Not this side of the, the world, yeah, but you in know, America. in Yeehaw Townville, <laughs> in Yeehaw Townville. Yeehaw Town- <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> it did. Great. It was. It was impactful. Yeah, yeah. My view of the world, Men in Black, was more culturally relevant, relevant and yeah. present because of how I grew up. But you see, it it came out in toys and. It was everywhere. A McDonald's yeah, Happy Meals. Yeah. And it, was a, it was almost posters. a phenomenon. Right. So it's like these two movies have very different cultural impacts. One, one cultural impact, Unforgiven, is very much the way it changed films. Yeah, the it's other a Hollywood is, impact. Is is more of like you know how it changed the way that the the viewers looked at movies. Yeah, it's like commercial is. Yeah, it's like the commercial it was, side yeah, of things. It was like a huge yeah. commercial success. So yeah, I think you know. If we're talking about like cultural impact as far as like people goes, Men in Black I feel is like a five. Yeah, yeah. Just it. I mean, I agree, and I want Unforgiven to move forward. I do too. It's a fantastic. It's a great film, film. and it's the number one seed. It's ranked higher. It's ranked higher than any of the other movies in the bracket. Yeah, Yeah. critically, it's ranked higher. But I think you know people enjoy Men in Blacks goofiness and sci-fi-ness mm-hmm. I don't think people know about westerns and I'm here to say if this movie doesn't move forward watch a western yes. watch, watch Unforgiven watch this western yeah watch Unforgiven it is very good yeah it's it's hard because yeah the cultural impact is very different it did change Hollywood but then Men in Black also kind of changed Hollywood in the fact that it's kind of the model for Marvel movies it is literally like a Marvel comic and that sort of fun jokey sci-fi with high stakes is a template that the Marvel, the MCU has been using for a while now. So there is some influence there. Yeah. So, so we want to score these movies. Let's, let's score it. I mean, I, I agree let's with you. Let's do Unforgiven first. Let's do Unforgiven first. Okay. Yeah. What's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll go in order. So Unforgiven. 
I'm going to give it a four because it did influence Hollywood so much. But like you said, Michael, not a lot of people know about it. Not a lot. Like the movie itself isn't really in the zeitgeist. Well, Greg, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I'm also giving it a four. Yeah, you know, um, I'm going to give it a four for just the, the filmmaking status okay, of it. Okay, four across the board. So, I mean, Men in Black would have to score pretty low to lose here. Let's just all say it at the same time. One, One two, two, three, five. Five, 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 like a so, fake phone number. Yeah, five, 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 five. So Men in Black beats Unforgiven to move on to the final round. Final round, MIB. It beat Unforgiven. Holy shit. We handedly, didn't, We didn't think that was going to happen. I thought it was going to be close. I know. Uh... <laughs> well, that's what happens when you add cultural impact, ladies and gentlemen. I know. Gentlemen. You know okay. what? I, I take this as a good thing because for all the people that are upset that Galaxy Quest didn't advance you know, in that first episode – just know that the movie that beat it is now in the finals. So Whoa. it was up against some very stiff competition. Right. Let's move on to the next round two mashup. It's yeah. The Matrix versus Heathers. Well, these are different ass movies I too, know. man. It's so hard. Well, and that's the way brackets work. Bracket, bracket, I mean, bracket, yeah, bracket. we, we so talked about how at this point we're not talking about similar movies. We lucked out on that first round. Our movies kind of clustered together in their own little groupings. But now, Matrix and Heathers. Uh, so the Matrix <laughs> wow. uh, is sitting at a, a nice 13.67, mm-hmm. whereas Heathers is sitting at a 11.33. It's got some stiff competition. Stiff competition, baby. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, the Matrix. Come on. The Matrix it's is a, so good. But Heathers also, like. I'm going to argue that Heathers became more culturally impactful as it got older. It was a you know a cultural yes right. There's a musical now. There's a musical. Um, it was you know basically Mean Girls was not popular ba- when it came out based on Heather's yeah you know or it's very similar not based on but it has right, right. it has gained that cult status absolutely yes. yeah it basically created that formula for later on Jawbreakers that however we saw, as well as Mean Girls however. The Matrix was spoofed in so many movies. Yeah, yeah. From animation, comedy. Much like Men in Black, it was this phenomenon that kind of just took over. It was the the movie that everyone was talking about. I wore leather. I was gonna say I did too. I did too. I, but that's on that's uh, for a different podcast. Yeah, it was not only spoofed throughout so many like comedy movies, but it was also just straight up copied in other action movies. Yeah. Even to this day, there's still that like dark kind of greenish aesthetic happening. It's worn off a little bit, but it's taken like 20 years. I still see Matrix memes, blue pill or red pill. Kind oh yeah, of shit. like sure. it's all we have over the fourth the one coming out soon, right. and that's gonna restart all the zeitgeist aye, culture. Aye, aye. Maybe we'll yeah. see. But you could also argue with Heather's. You know, there's there's a scene with Christian Slater where he's in a trench coat and a gun. You know, he's got a gun and a trench coat. Maybe that influenced in a negative. the Matrix. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a stretch. It's, it's a, a, it's a stretch. stretch. That's a big stretch. <laughs> um, yeah, culturally, Heather's, I mean, wasn't as impactful. I didn't yeah. see it anywhere. I knew that. I mean, obviously, it's about suicide, you know, yeah, teenage yeah. suicide. It's a, yeah. It has a lot of things going Which on. Which is heavy fu- as fuck. But it's not, it's a cult movie. It's not the most well known. Is it a fun movie to watch? Well, that, we're, we've already talked about rewatchability. That's right. right. We're talking Jesus. about cultural impact here. And they all I'm, I'm going to give it a right down the middle for Heather's. 
I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Because it had impact on the genre, but it's not the most well-known. It's kind of a cult classic. It's got, yeah, it's just right down the middle. I'm going to I'm gonna go a little bit further up just because of its cult status and how it's, you know, kind of shaped how we move into these teen comedy movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could even say, like, She's All That. Like, all those Can't Hardly Wait. All those movies were yeah. influenced by this movie. Right. Um, I'm going to give Heather's a four. Okay. Like the little phrases they used. We didn't we talk about they made those up and then people. Oh start, yeah, fuck me gently fuck with, me a gently with a chainsaw. People use that all the time. So yeah. for that reason, I'm also gonna give it a four. Yeah, you're making me regret my because, three. No, I mean I was gonna go three, <laughs> but sucks, then I'm thinking, you know, they were thinking these things up during yeah. filming, and then it became culturally relevant. So I'm gonna give it a four. That's two fours and a three. That puts it at three point six seven for cultural relevance. Now Matrix cultural relevance i mean should we all just say it at the same time again i mean yeah right a one a two a three Five. Yeah. You were very confusing I with know. that countdown because not like, only was it giving slow, it a one? but I was you're about using to slap numbers. I was jokingly <laughs> giving it a <laughs> one, but then I realized we did a countdown in the last one, and I made it confusing. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. yeah. But we got on the same. Don't page worry, eventually. we're replacing you next season. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Patton Oswalt is actually joining the show. Oh wow, what a yeah. guy! <laughs> Patton Ratatouille himself. Yeah, he's gonna replace me. Okay, so wow, once again, like not even a close squeak what? by in the second round. Matrix handedly what? beat. What did we give Heather? Uh, Heather's had 11.33 plus the cultural impact, which I think was... 3.67. Yeah. So that brings it up to what? 15? 15. And then, obviously, Matrix. Matrix with an extra 5 plus its 13.67 puts it at 18.67. Matrix moves on, baby. What a rumble. Wow. So now we have the final match. It's the final countdown. Boop. All right, so this is The Matrix versus Men in Black. Ah! I think inside of our deep, dark souls, we knew that this was going to happen. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean, there were there were a couple of upsets. I think I, there was some upsets. I mean, I'm I'm I have a t- single tear falling down my face for Unforgiven. I, I th- see it. Thought in another universe, it might have been Matrix versus Blazing Saddles because it was yeah, very close Saddles. with Men in Black. Oh but you know what? It's all been leading to this. This is how brackets work. Sometimes your favorites don't win. I can't believe Abraham Lincoln didn't make I it. I know, or Con Air. Um, and I know right now there might be people listening being like, what the hell? That one made it? And that's already happened with past episodes. People are mad at us over Young Frankenstein yeah, or Galaxy Quest We Terminator. get so much hate mail on a daily and basis. And we love it. We thrive on it. it. Let's talk about the <laughs> scores that these two movies currently have. We've okay. got Matrix at 18.67. And we've got Men in Black at a rounded 19. Whoa, currently Men in Black is is beating Matrix. Matrix? Wow. And this round, we are going to be talking about the personal impact that these two movies have. I'm going to throw up. Wow. I am jittery jangles. So we've already done. (laughs) So now we know performances, rewatchability, filmmaking, cultural impact. And personal impact, the five tenets of movie making. (laughs) (laughs) We came up with it all by ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, we're smart. We're smart. Oh, man. So, personal impact. This is tough because it is the most subjective category. This is a subjective category, but it's important because it's our podcast. Exactly. This is where not yours. (laughs) We ultimately make the decision. Yeah, we do. And I got to say, both of these movies have a huge personal impact on me. Both of them. Uh, I mean, 
in kind of for different reasons, but similar oh reasons. I don't God. know. This is this is. I remember tough. both of these movies coming out, seeing in them in the movie theater, and I vividly remember both of them impacting me. Yeah, in my day to day life, yeah. I still I think was playing outside yeah. when these movies oh, came for out. Sure, like I was still going to hang out with my friends in the neighborhood. Yeah, the kids yeah. nowadays don't know what that is. Yeah, that's called going yes, outside do. and just doing things <laughs> using chalk. Back in my day, they filmed TikTok videos outside. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we're so old. Uh, <laughs> can you pass uh, me my cane? Ooh. Yeah. Um, Where are you going? <laughs> to the bathroom. <laughs> he didn't make it. Uh, well. Um. <laughs> So let's talk about The Matrix first. Yes. As okay. far as each of the personal impact that this movie had on each of this us. This movie was huge for me as a child, huge for me as a teenager, huge for me now. Like like you said, you were you were outside and playing. I remember playing The Matrix. Yes. You know, I remember putting on like uh, my I remember my brother's girlfriend had a leather coat that fit me at the time, like a leather jacket. So I'd put on this lady's leather jacket Work. and pretend like I'm Neo. <laughs> and I would try to, you know, and anytime I'm in a swimming pool, I always try to run up the wall when I'm underwater. Yeah. Like they do. You know, I still do that to this day. Yeah, that's um and that's just <laughs> that's, that's just talking about like me playing make believe, but I also think about the themes of these movies as an adult or the, this movie, The Matrix, yeah, the Matrix, all the time, the simulation theory, and there's so many layers, the right. biblical references. And that is something the that incel. I've been thinking about yeah. a lot, Mentality. is the yeah. way that we might just be living in a simulation ourselves right now, that this might all not be real. And now as an adult, like when I was younger, it was the special effects and the visuals that yeah. really stuck with me. As an adult seeing this movie, it's, you know, the trans allegory and the... What if all of this doesn't really matter? Yeah, there's so many layers. Thing. There's layers and layers of layers. This is an onion of a film. And I I also remember my brother, like, me and him doing the run-up-the-wall thing yeah. wherever we went. Yeah, oh, yeah. My mom was like, get out of this bank. Stop running up the wall <laughs> to this bank. Yeah, I... You know, for me, The Matrix had a huge personal impact as well. I dressed up the same. I, you know, I pretended to, to go up the walls. Yeah. I, I had the video game. Do you oh, guys yeah. remember Enter I, the Matrix, I the video game? I loved that video game. I was obsessed. I was obsessed with that Bullet game. Bullet Time? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. It was incredible. It was wild. It's a great game. You should get it. PlayStation. Yeah. PlayStation 1. What's that privilege like, you two? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. Um, Let's score it. Let's score this yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll on. go first. Go for it. For personal impact of The Matrix, I'm going to give a big fat five because when I was younger, hit me. When I'm older, it hit me even harder. And I still want to talk about it. I'm also going to give it a five. Mm-hmm. I can't disagree. I mean, it, this movie it is, a big part, it, is a big in part my mind life. more than most movies. It, it lives rent free in my head forever and always will. And yet I still want to rewatch it. I'm not yeah. I'm not tired of it. So, yeah, it's a it's a five. All um, right. Jesus. That brings the Matrix score up to 23.67. Oh, my God. 23.67. Now, let's talk about Men in Black, y'all. Personal impact Men in Black. Jesus, like this, this <laughs> so movie hard. also so hard. I also played Men in Black as a but kid. Like, but like in, I feel like I was younger when I did the Men in Black thing. You and were then two I years got younger. a little bit older. I was, I was two it years. It came out two younger. years earlier, yeah. And then, you know, The Matrix, I kind of, you know, it was more violent, more mm-hmm. I- intense, and I was a little bit older to do that. When I was younger, the movie impacted me personally because I, I, I was more into that shit back then. Yeah. As an adult watching it, I'm I'm not as into it. It doesn't affect me as personally. Watching it the second time, I'm like, 
it's a great movie. It's fun. It's nostalgic as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But does it affect me in the same way as The Matrix does? And I think my answer is no for that. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. this is re- it's just so hard. Stop I, just wipe your brow. I, <laughs> I am You're dying. sweating bullets over here. <laughs> oh my god. I, I guess I'm kind of in between you guys cuz it had a huge impact on me, maybe not quite as much as The Matrix. Like, really? Like it did when I was 10. Let me put it this way. When I was 10 and both of these movies existed, I think it was probably equal for me on the personal impact front. Right. But as I've gotten older, even when I rewatched The uh, Men in Black, it had a huge impact on me because of a lot of nostalgia, but in terms of like the themes and the layers and the my adult brain working, probably a little bit less of an impact if I'm being honest. Um, See, yeah, for yeah. me, on if, if we're talking about rewatch, like how we rewatched it this time, yeah, I've seen The Matrix so many times that I think this time I was tired of it. Wow. Um, I had watched it enough. I was okay. I was like, yeah, that that's a good movie. I've seen it many times. I get it. Uh, whereas Men in Black, I hadn't w- seen in in like ten years. Yeah. So the, rewatching it now as an adult, I enjoyed myself so much. I had such a good time. Will Smith is so funny. It, it, it was just a great in time a, to in watch. In a vacuum, it. if you had seen each of these movies once, if you're just thinking about these movies objectively, which one stays with you longer? As an adult, yeah. As current day Tyler, probably The Matrix. Because also it seems like because it's more if we're adult. talking I... personal impact. You watch the Matrix more, even though you got tired of it, and you didn't watch Men in Black as much. It's true. So was the personal impact greater with the Matrix, even though this time you watched it, it wasn't as great. Yeah, I mean, uh, y- yes, it's tricky. I think we should just get to scoring this. The, we've it's already scored scary and hard. Our, I'll go first because I was the one that had a very clear yeah. opinion about it. For me. Oh God, the the personal impact isn't as strong, and I'm scared to give this score. Go for it! Don't be scared. Just do it. I'm gonna give it a three. Wow! Wow. Fuck you, (laughs) you fucking dickhead! (laughs) Because listen, it just doesn't stick with me as much. And I didn't watch a single Men in Black sequel. Right, right. And I didn't watch the new one. They're not good. Both of these movies in the matchup have terrible sequels. But I at least Um, watched. I know I saw the Matrix sequels i think i don't know but whatever we're I, not talking about this. i'm gonna give uh mib a four because it does have still has a huge impact on me probably more than you michael in fact i know it is because i'm giving it a four instead of a three <laughs> but um it just doesn't live rent free in my brain the way that matrix does so it's not quite all the way there so i'm giving it a four okay okay so it's down to it's me it's down to you it? we've Drum got a three please. and a four <laughs> what are you gonna give this movie affected me as a child. It affected me when I rewatched it this time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I gave The Matrix a five. I'm also giving this a five. All right. So three, four, and five averages out to be four. Four. So four plus, what was the score? 19. That puts it at 23. 20. We did math stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. So this is, this is a close Listen, final match. It's so matchup. close. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for the final round. The winner of this season of Cinema Smackdown, coming in at 23.67 points against a 23 even. The Matrix is the winner of the season. Oh my God! Epic. That was a close final one. Our second rounds weren't close for some reason, but that final round, 
That was really was close. Was epic. I'm sweating my dick off. Yeah, my dick's gone. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so nervous. I'm a Ken doll. Men in Black came in with the lead and lost it because of personal impact. Yeah. 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 And that's how the cookie crumbles. Wow, 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 But you wow. know what? Every movie that made it through has something going on about it. This has been Yeah, they all get a blue a ribbon. They all get season. a blue ribbon. Yeah, absolutely. This has been great. And you know what? I want to thank all of you for listening. Seriously. Uh, It's been amazing. We've gotten a lot of great feedback. I want to thank Third Wheel Podcast Studio for having us here in Hollywood. What a great great professional setting. Absolutely. If you need a podcast done, come here. Yes. And remember to follow us on that social media at Cinema Smackdown Pod, Instagram and Twitter. We will be coming back to you in 2022. It's going to be sexy. We're going to have eight new sexy movies. TBD. So sexy. We're actually doing pornos. Yeah, we're doing strictly pornos. Yep, so stay tuned it. for that. As much as I want that, um, you guys shut up. <laughs> we're not doing that. So until next time, next season, I'm Tyler. I'm Michael. And I'm Greg. Bye. Bye.